0: Welcome into the Lemon Pepper Parlay Basketball Edition. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here with my co-host Mark Gunnels. Mark, how is uh how is the narrative agenda pushing going on in your timeline?
1: <laughs> well, nice to see you again, first of all. It is good to see you. We were out of the studio last week, had a nice trip back home at Kansas City. Um but yeah. Just a young as,
0: man from Kansas City. Just a
1: kid. Still just a kid. Yeah, you want to push that man narrative. It's time like, to grow know? up,
0: Mark. <laughs> it's time to grow up. The world is changing. <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah, the narrative agenda pushing is going great because you know what agenda I'm pushing, and it's the best agenda to push right now in the National Basketball Association is that Luka Doncic is a top three player in the world. I have him at number two. And if he wins a championship, you can make an argument he's the best player in the world. I'm still gonna say Giannis, but Luca is
0: him. Look, he's he's he, him, her, whoever. Whoever whatever you want, he is everything and all of that. Because I mean that boy has been unstoppable. But before we get all the way to there, because we are going to talk about I mean, me and you both have been early on the Luca Doncic train and uh it's good, it's good to see some of these deposits paying off, because we have been in the Luka Doncic bank early and often, but we'll get to that in just a second, and withdraw some of those deposits, but first, let's go to the current king of best player in the world, who may not hold the crowd for very long. Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks lost lost in Game 7, 109 to 81. Boston wins the series 4-3. to Did the Did Boston lose? I mean, did Milwaukee lose this series or did Boston win it?
1: Boston won it for sure. 100%. I mean, that game seven wasn't even competitive after halftime. And I truly believe, I know it was just one play, but that last play before halftime where Giannis got the ball stolen from him and then smart went up for the shot from half court and got the three free throws, that was deflating, man. That was really deflating. It was a two point game, went to a five point game. And they came out flat in the second half. And I truly believe there's no need to panic if you're Milwaukee. Because I, re- I think if Chris Middleton was there in that series, they would have won. I still picked them regardless. So I'm not going to use that as an excuse. But we can't ignore the fact that he's clearly their second scoring option. And you could argue he's their closer. So they'll be right back in the mix next year. The East isn't very strong top to bottom. So there's no need to overreact if you're Milwaukee. But, yeah, give credit to Boston. They played tough, gritty defense. Jason Tatum, how about those last couple games, man? He really stepped up and was unguardable. I mean, that dribble pull-up he has, he wasn't missing at all. Like, game six was unbelievable on the road, and then game seven, he did just enough to get the job done. But that was the overall team performance. How about Grant Williams?
0: Well, hold on a sec, because I'm not quite – I'm overreacting. I'm overreacting.
1: You're overreacting if you're Milwaukee?
0: Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're blowing it up? I'm not blowing it up. I'm not blowing it up, but I know this. There's no way I saw what I saw. If I'm the GM of the Bucks, if I'm a team president or owner of the Bucks, there's no way I saw that series and I said, we can run this back with the same roster.
1: They didn't have Chris Middleton.
0: I understand that. And you know what's going to happen? You know who didn't have, uh, I mean, team, But but look at everybody in the playoffs. Everybody gets hurt. I'm not, I'm not saying everybody. Every team had some significant injury in the playoffs, save the Brooklyn Nets. That's the only team I can think of that didn't lose a star for any period of game and only played four games, right? Like, playoffs happen. I mean, injuries in the playoffs just happen. And not that Chris Middleton is obviously, obviously, he's one of their best players. And Milwaukee's weird, right? Because their best player is not a true big man, nor is he a true shooter, right? Like and he's not I mean he's a good ball handler and he's a good passer, but that's not what he's dominant at of either. Like you want Don you want Giannis running downhill. Like you know what I'm saying? At his best, that's what he's doing. Now, can he pass? Can he shoot? No. Yes. He can't he can't pass. He can't shoot. But what Middleton brings is a guy who's not nearly at Giannis's level, but a guy who can run a pick and roll. Because he can shoot that pull-up jumper, right? What the Bucks need, in my opinion, is somebody who – essentially it's Chris Middleton, Giannis, and shooters. And Drew Holiday's there for defense. He's a little bit of a slasher, but he's not really a true scorer like that. They need somebody else that can create off the dribble and get their own shot so Giannis can be in the pick and roll. See, I
1: think Middleton's that guy. I mean, he showed us last year in the playoffs. I'm not
0: saying that he's not that guy. I'm not saying that he can't be that guy going forward, but what I'm saying is you gotta have somebody else as well. We're gonna talk about the other team in the Western Conference. Well look at that, look at them, right? You gotta have some like in this oh, so league. In addition to In addition to like in this league, if you're looking at these teams that are being wildly that have had the success, especially in the postseason, you look at them, they got these six, eight, apex predators, and what else? Alternative ball handlers, and in, 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 in the and then the Golden State, you have Steph, right? So he's he's obviously one of the shooting outlier, right? And and you know all the things he talks about for balance and so on and so forth. But all the other teams, they got somebody who's between six 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 six, six and six eight, who's one of their best scorers, and then a couple other guys who were around that same height who can still handle the ball and get them in and out of stuff. There was nobody there to get Milwaukee in and out of stuff. Like Grace and Allen's unplayable yeah
1: I see what you're saying like
0: there's there's there's, there's a lot of unplayable guys on the Mil, on Milwaukee's roster. George Hill is unplayable, like
1: so how do you go about adding that other guy? I mean you got, are you talking about like a trade' Because, I mean then at that point, you're taking away something that you already want to have because you're saying in addition to what they already have, it's not like they're going to be able to sign anybody in free agency, that's that guy. I mean, you're going to get a diamond in the rough in the draft. I mean, they're going to pick, what, 29th, 28th?
0: I, look, I just know this. If I were, I don't have the answer, but I know if I was the Bucks, I'd be concerned because, okay, you saved on P.J. Tucker to get Wesley Matthews, right? You figured Wesley Matthews could do kind of the same thing. Well, P.J. Tucker's still playing basketball, right? And Wesley Matthews was getting cooked by Jason Tatum. And I'm going to be interested to see how P.J. Tucker does because I imagine he's going to – uh he'll pull Jason Tatum a decent amount in this series. It's going to be interesting to see how that goes cuz he could have been a Milwaukee buck.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's moving the needle in that series though. I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think Bobby Portis brings what PJ does and then more offensively in that aspect. But one thing is that that is interesting though. And you're talking about another guy and we're going to talk about somebody else's Q&A a little bit later. But, you know, Damian Lillard had a Q&A as well. Actually, I'm not sure if he had a Q&A. He just answers questions. Yeah, <laughs> I think Damian, guys just tweet him. He just answers it. I don't think it's like a formal. Damian Lillard hey, having is one a Q&A of and a right now. He's
0: very active on Twitter, but he doesn't give off the vibes of being a Twitter guy.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to explain him. But uh, somebody on Twitter randomly asked him, like, who's the guy that you would pick to play with to get you over the top, essentially, get you to the finals? And he mentioned Giannis. See, like, boom. Now I'm not sure how Milwaukee gets that deal done, but maybe a three-team trade, add another team in there to make it more lucrative for Portland. But imagine adding Dame to that mix in Milwaukee.
0: See, that's what that, that that's but that's what I'm talking about. Another place where somebody like are okay. If are you how concerned are you about Chris Middleton in isolation? Like Chris uh, Middleton as are a you one,
1: like if I'm an opponent, yeah,
0: if you're a defender. I mean, I respect them. Sure, but I mean, like, are you scared of it? No, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm not. Uh, exactly. I'm not going to sleep at 8,
1: 8 p.m. like Pat Ben. Right. Exactly. That, so that's kind of what my point is. <laughs> that's kind of what my
0: point is. How many people on Milwaukee outside of Giannis one on one are you like, ooh, this guy is going to be a secondary issue for me?
1: It's just Giannis.
0: It's just Giannis. Even with everybody healthy, right? And, and and Milwaukee probably would have won this series, I think, with Middleton because. I think the answer is the Celtics uh the Celtics won this series, but they tricked off like two games.
1: Milwaukee to won a six.
0: Yeah, I think Milwaukee would have won the series with Middleton. Yeah. And it just goes to show you, but I, I know this. I can't I can't feel like the GM or owner or anybody involved is feeling good after Giannis did what? It was well how well, what were the numbers? Yeah, he was like the first player to have two hundred points, a hundred rebounds and fifty assists yeah, in a yeah, series. Yeah. yeah. That's cra- uh, you know I mean that's wilt type stuff bro
1: yeah for the series he averaged 34 15 and 7
0: yeah that's you know that, that's <laughs> that's the type of stuff that people that people are like that's that's historic numbers and then when you're looking at it it's historic like you're it's like you're watching something that is that is it's like Derrick Henry right he's just every single time he's just bow 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 like Marshawn Lynch. You like, oh, say it's just over and over yeah. and over and so over. So, do
1: you fear that Milwaukee's going to go into this offseason like, hey, if we would have had Middleton, yes, we're, we're going to run it back. Yes, would have been fine. That's exactly
0: what they're going to do. They're going to point back and say we won seven games against a team that had that could win the championship. That, exactly. Who knows how far they go? But they're going to be like we were set. We were we were a bad quarter away from the Eastern Conference Finals. But then just look at it. It's like okay. You got Mike Budenholzer, Won a title last year. Got it. Also, this year, strategy was to leave Grant Williams open. (laughs) Okay. I had shooting poorly during the postseason. 41% regular season three point shooter, Grant Williams. Just, you know what we're going to do? Just corner three. Corner three. Corner three. three, Corner three. I'm
1: like, this is not sustainable throughout the entire game. (laughs) Like, do you guys not understand? This dude worked with lethal shooter. Oh, in the offseason He worked with At Lethal Shooter Man And you're leaving him Open In a corner The easiest three To make in basketball
0: I mean it's just It was a brutal thing To Eric. watch And I was watching it With my girl Who said during The first quarter Timeout Or whenever they Interviewed Mike Budenholzer During the You know the In game timeout Yeah, She was first like Wait how are they Interviewing him While the game's on And I was like He's actually Standing right there It's pre-recorded yeah, yeah, I feel you It messed me up The first time too yeah. Right but then After she realized That she was like That's the coach I was like, yeah. She's like, he looks like he sits in a coffee shop and writes books.
1: (laughs) You know what's funny? People forget. Before they won the title last year, he was on the verge of being fired.
0: Hey, there were some people I I, I follow that were saying fire him anyway after they won the title.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, you can't do that for logistics.
0: They won it in spite of him. But you know what? Hey, uh, Giannis is probably the closest thing that we had to prime LeBron in the NBA. I think and uh in a very LeBron-like move, who knows, maybe Mike Booners will get fired 2 years after winning the NBA finals. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to move on now to there's so many ways to look at what happened in game 7 of the Western Conference Finals.
1: Oh, yeah, I was waiting for this.
0: So, all right. Mark, what's your first what was your first as the the game was over? With about seven minutes and thirty-two seconds left in the second quarter. But as you realize like oh, this thing is cooked, where were you? Where was your mind at?
1: My mind was that the Suns are front runners and we wouldn't be looking at them the way we looked at them prior to this matchup if it wasn't for injuries last year. They would have lost in their first round to the Lakers. Then they played a Clippers team that was banged up and still went, what, six or seven games? Like this team They're a great regular season team, but they significantly fool people based on their run last year that was built on injuries on their opponents. Then Now this year they have the best record in the league and they don't even make the conference finals. When things are going good, they're talking trash, they're dancing, the fans are going crazy, just like Lucas said after game five. Everybody want to act tough when they're up. Everybody act tough when they're up. And that is the perfect way to describe to describe the Phoenix Suns. They are front runners. They act tough when they're up. They got punched in the mouth, and they cannot deal with adversity. And we saw what happened on Sunday. It was... Completely unfolded, and not to mention their fans, too. They're front runners as well. They were burning Chris Paul jerseys after the game, they were booing them four or five times throughout that game. What happened to Suns and four, Suns in five, Suns in six, Suns and seven?
0: Is it Suns and nine now? <laughs> I uh, I noticed that you missed one of the Suns' postseason opponents last year uh in your breakdown of them being front runners
1: enlighten me maybe i have a fuzzy memory
0: you must because you said that they would have the defending champion los angeles the then defending champion los angeles lakers would have beaten the suns yeah if 80 didn't get hurt if 80 yeah. didn't get hurt yeah i tend to disagree with that sentiment but it's not worth arguing you missed one and then he talked about the clippers series In which, if they hadn't been banged up, you feel like they probably wouldn't have gotten the sun. Absolutely, I tend to agree there. But I just—you missed. There was this a four games period in the middle of the first round and the Western Conference Finals that you can't seem that. that, What happened there?
1: Just my memory's a little foggy. Can you enlighten me?
0: Yeah, they swept the MVP. Your MVP. That's what happened. They swept your MVP, Nikola Jokic. I noticed you. I noticed you missed that. Up. I think
1: I just conveniently just skipped over that one.
0: I, 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 I just apparently there's only two rounds in the playoffs. That's how good. That's how much front runners the Suns were last year. They were able to strip a whole round. Go
1: figure. Hey man, <laughs> it's crazy.
0: Maybe that's why they lost so poorly this time. They didn't earn it. You know they were able to just walk through the second round without having a you know worthy opponent. So my takeaway was that okay, I hate to say that people quit right without actually being there, but there's no way you can convince me that the Suns are motivated to play that game. Like
1: they're like heading into the game. Heading into the game. How can you not be motivated for a game seven at home?
0: I understand. I understand all the questions. I, everybody out there listening, I hear what you're saying. What's wrong with you? What is, game seven. Chris Paul, he's His eight wins away from line. a title. He's eight wins away from a title. What are you even going to lay it down? Devin Booker's supposed to be the next Kobe Bryant. Look, <laughs> I don't know what it was. Eight
1: is playing for a max contract.
0: I don't know what it was, or what. Or, or, and, I, and I hope that one day it comes out and we find out. But I... That to me is the type of loss that you you don't. I'm not trying to take away from from Luca and the Mavericks. And I'll get to them in just a second, but the laydown, the lack, like to me, it almost indicates like a lack of professionalism. Like 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 y'all aren't even trying. You know what I'm saying? Like, think about it, bro. Like, like there's a level of like, you know, when guys, uh, you know, you're, you're down twenty, twenty five, and you're still playing hard and it's, until the other team. What? Like, why did Boban get mad at uh, at whoever whoever it was at the end of the uh, at the end of the series? Because they the, the Mavericks had given up, right? They were they were dribbling the clock out, and the guy came and stole the ball. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a tacit: if we're not giving up, then you can still play too, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, as long Anyway, I like I, it, it, Jay Crowder coming out and having the first quarter that he had was like this. Something's wrong here. Why is he shooting the ball so much? Where's Devin Booker? Where's Chris Paul? How many bad games in a row is Chris Paul gonna have? I don't know. Maybe he'll never have a good game again.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It felt like we kept saying, "Well, he, he can have one bad game. He's not gonna have two bad games in a row." Okay, he had two bad games in a row. There's no way he's gonna have three bad games in a row. Then it was four and five. I literally,
0: I I literally (laughs) said, there's no way Chris Paul has four bad games in a row. You know what he did? He had five of them. That's what he did. He had five of them. Yeah. The boy ain't played a good game of basketball since he had the thing with the fans with his wife and his mom. That was the last time he played. That's the last time he played a good game.
1: And what about DeAndre Ayton? I mean, those reports come out of Phoenix that he literally did quit on the team. Like, Monty Williams said, why did he only play 17 minutes, a reporter asked. And he said, it's internal. And I have some people close to the situation saying that Aiden
0: pretty much did what you said they did. Like, he really quit. But you you see what I'm saying, though? Like, there has to be something more to than, like, the reason why.
1: Yeah, five points in 17. Do
0: you know what I'm saying? Like, how, like. If this was a college basketball team, it feels like all of, all ten of them will be putting their names in the transfer portal. Like it's like what's going like. There's something that's to me is something that was clearly off with the way the Suns came out, the way they started the game, the way they just laid down to begin with, and without I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but just as Pat Bev said uh, on Twitter, and we'll get to him in a minute. But as Pat Bev said on Twitter, before he said a whole bunch of other things on TV, y'all stay woke. Somebody going to fake hurt. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to tell y'all this. Y'all stay woke. There's stuff coming out.
1: And then what came out? Chris Paul was hobbling. And what was a quad injury?
0: He said it was a quad injury. He said he asked not to comment. All right, cool. Devin Booker's hamstring. You know, he did pull his hamstring in the first round. Who knows where that was at? But. Ultimately, my takeaway from the Suns was: if Mikael Bridges is not going to turn into a knockdown three point shooter, then you have to upgrade from Jay Crowder.
1: Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. That's a good. That's a good take. That's a good take. Because at that point, it becomes redundant.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> you, you have to get somebody else. Who's a, a better, and I think what we're seeing in these playoffs is the more guys that you have that can get their bucket one on one, the better you're off, the better off you are.
1: Yeah, 100%. That's essentially
0: how Dallas and Golden State have advanced through the playoffs. 100%. You know what I'm saying? It's like, is it through crispy offense? Sort of. <laughs> like, nah, it's been a couple guys who, as the shot clock's winded down, they're going and getting buckets. And look who's gone. Utah, one guy who can do so. Uh uh Phoenix, one guy who can do so. Uh Toronto, one guy really who can do so. Like you name it. And uh Philly, one guy who could do so. Cause James Harden was not the number two guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You make a good point. Uh Milwaukee.
0: Boom. Without Middleton. Boom. And like, you know, I back, you know, I, when the Mavericks made the trade for Spencer Dinwiddie, you know. That's what it's become now. Not the Christos Porzingis trade, the trade for Dinwiddie, which is crazy, right? <laughs> the idea was that people thought they were taking a step back. I didn't necessarily think so because I thought that Porzingis and Luka did not mesh well. They kind of got in the way of each other, yeah, right? Because yeah. Porzingis was not the knockdown shooter they wanted him to be, nor the ball handler that they really wanted him to be, right? And he wanted to be in the elbow. And like, nah, dog, we got another 6'8 dude. Like I get you're seven foot tall and Phil Jackson called you a uniform, but like a unicorn, but mm, we are gonna run it with Luca,
1: right, right, right.
0: And, and I remember, and I said that at the time, it's like it's crazy how just taking Chris Rodriguez off the court made the Mavericks that much better.
1: Yeah, and we had a lot of discourse about Luca over the past few weeks about how we had some concerns because I mean, we both first of all shake my hand, congrats on both of us cashing in on. Dallas Mavericks making the Western Conference Finals. I know you kind of you kind of go. got a little nervous there for a second. You kind of
0: well on rocky edge. For I a did because I saw something that was a little scary in that Utah series, but they have righted the road.
1: But let's give Luca credit. You've noticed he's playing more team ball as of late. The Last four or five games, I would say. I,
0: that's what I'm saying. It the was ball's like they moving. It's literally one of my notes is they found the yeah. balance.
1: Yeah, he's not dribbling the ball 20 seconds and doing a step back every possession. You know, I mean, last game. Spencer Dinwiddie, you just mentioned him, 30 points, 11-15 shooting. Jalen Brunson eight. I mean, they all ate. Luka eight, obviously. So that's their formula, man. And I'm never going to get to it later about the next round, but that's how they're going to be able to beat Golden State. If they're going to beat Golden State, man, it just can't be the Luka show. It's going to have to be Luka allowing other guys to get their stuff off because Dinwiddie's a one-on-one player as well. I mean, he's a guy that he likes to dribble. He's like a street ball type of guy. Like on the ball, get get the hell out the way.
0: He was drafted in Detroit. He was a second round pick from Detroit. I was I was there covering the Pistons when he was drafted. He's been a bucket since he got into the league. Yeah. It's really just about his opportunity and I've and like the idea that he's not, he is a a more efficient and less tattooed Jordan Clarkston. Like, and the idea, like, that's what we're here for. You come in, you get some buckets. Now, you could, like, he's a better playmaker. But, you know, teams like Detroit, Washington, they're trying to feature him as the primary guy. He's not – that's that's a little – that's a role too big at this moment in his right. career. But where he's at right now, slotting in is, like, the sort of sixth man who plays starter-ish minutes, like, take him out for defense. That's a great role for him.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%, man. So – Yeah, I got to give Dallas a lot of credit, too. I know we mentioned about Phoenix quitting and stuff like that, but I think a lot of it has to do with Jason Kidd, too, man. We got to give Kidd a lot of credit, man. Um, I think he's turned into a hell of a coach. People were kind of skeptical at first about the hire for good reasons based on his past situation in Milwaukee. So I understand. I think he has some time to reflect and to be a better coach. And their defense, man – he turned them into a top five defense. You look at their roster on paper, you don't really have lockdown guys in their defensive team, on their roster. You're not looking at them and like, oh, they just got shut down guys, but they have all bought in. You could say the Sun shot bad, and that's valid, but 27 points in the first half, there has to be some type of defense being played there as well, man. So give them credit on that.
0: I mean, okay, if you told me 27 points in the first quarter. I'd be like, okay, that's 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 not that's not great defense. It's not terrible. We can get by. How many did we score? Thirty-five. All right, good. We're in good shape, right? Like twenty-seven points and a half is unexcusable. Twenty-seven points and a half. Like I wonder. Like that's you know how they'll do that. Like you think Alabama could beat the you know the the the, uh, the Jets? And it's like the answer's no. Yeah. Because like how many pro players on Alabama? I don't know. You know, seventeen maybe twenty. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's 52 on the Jets, right? <laughs> All of those guys are actual pros. Yeah. So, like, the answer is no, but like, Alabama would score, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, even those UL Monroes score against, you know, the the biggest schools. Yeah. But it would be like that. You know what I'm saying? It would be like 27-60 to 60 at the end of the first half if, we're, if it was the same thing in basketball.
1: Luca tied the whole Suns team at halftime.
0: <laughs> and I'll say this. As much as the Suns laid down. Luca did not get him no option. Cause he came out the first. He scored the first eight points. But And again, I want you to see this, Mark. This is what I'm talking about. It's like how he did it. He scored the first eight points, and it felt like he scored the first 28 points. He looking back and they lay laughing at people. It's 10 minutes left in the first quarter. A game seven. Lucas points. On the road. Lucas points are loud. That's what I'm saying, bro. Dropping. Boom. Boom. Step back. Boom. Uh, Devin Booker looking back
1: like. It's deflating. Like, damn. It's deflating. I think he really just ripped their heart out, man. Like, it's deflating. You saw every time he scored a bucket, he was going back laughing. Like, (laughs) laughing at their face. Laughing at the fans. Like, he was having a ball out there. Man. Hey, somebody, <laughs> did you see that tweet by uh, Master Taz?
0: Which one was it? <laughs> oh
1: my gosh. What I'm about to pull it up right now about Luca smoking hookah and stuff. Oh, <laughs> I did. It's like you guys are he out said, here working said,
0: out all day and Luca's on a he diet. Said, diet of, Luca yeah.
1: was on McChicken's vodka and hookah diet all summer and still let the mass to the WCF.
0: I mean, <laughs> we saw the pictures, <laughs> we saw it. <laughs> all right, man, let's get into these Easter Conference finals first let's let's make our finals pick and then uh we'll do our lemon lemon pepper parlay and a special dunked on no top five this week because there was a lot of dunking going on (laughs) (laughs) but yes there was for the eastern conference finals we have the boston celtics going down to miami to take on the miami heat this is the second time in Recent mis- recent history, these two teams have matched up, although the Celtics look a little different. No Kemba, no Gordon Hayward. The Heat just look a little older. Oh, and they have a new coach. The Celtics have a new coach. I mean, Udoka.
1: Shout out to that man.
0: Mark Gunnels, I have a feeling. I feel like I know exactly who you're going to pick.
1: I have the Boston Celtics in six.
0: That was exactly what I thought you were going to say.
1: (laughs) You know me all too well.
0: I had a feeling.
1: Yeah, for me, it's pretty simple. Jimmy Butler has been playing at an all-world level these first two rounds. He has. But let's consider the opponents first. The Atlanta Hawks have nobody on the perimeter that's going to challenge him offensively or defensively. So he didn't have to worry about really guarding anybody because he wasn't guarding Trey Young like that. And on the other end, there's nobody to give him any pushback. Next round, Philadelphia. Now they do have Thibel, who's a really good wing defender, so I will give them that.
0: He barely played.
1: Exactly. I was going to say that too. But on the other end, they had nobody they had to worry about guarding and exerting his energy on the defensive end. Well, you know what's going to be different in this series? Boston has two of those guys you have to worry about. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. He's going to have to guard one of them. So he's going to have to exert a lot of energy on the defensive end. And those guys can guard him on the other end. And you can throw Marcus Smart on him as well to mix things up. So I don't see him playing at that level. And they're going to need him to play at that level to win this series and also Tyler Hero is going to have to play like bubble Tyler Hero for them to win this series. And I have no evidence that he's going to play at that level based on what I've seen this year.
0: Be careful. Remember the last time I had no evidence? <laughs> I was slamming the table about Kyrie Ka- There's no evidence that Kyrie Irving <laughs> is going to be able to play home games in New York. <laughs> so just be careful about no, I'm just joking. And
1: not to mention, Bam, who's got to play big, they got guys for him too. I love Al Horford on Bam. I love the thought of Robert Williams coming back now on Bam and making things tough for him. So, for me, it's just not enough firepower for Miami for them to beat this team four times.
0: Man, you you do not like Bam. No, I don't dislike Bam. But I, but, put it, oh, I but just know this is, third, this is the third pod in a row where you've been like, they got something for Bam. But he's
1: regressed since the bubble. He's not the same guy he was two years ago.
0: He bought he bought out the game with uh, the last game they played when NB came back.
1: Yeah, but I'm talking about from a consistency standpoint. I just feel like he's not gonna be able to play at a high level four or five times. Maybe two or three games, yes, but to beat this team, in my opinion, he's got to play at a high level for at least four or five games. And I just don't see him being able to do that against this defense, who I believe is the best defense in the NBA, especially the best defense remaining in these playoffs, and the fact they have guys on the offensive end that can get you 30 of any given night in Tatum and Brown. And don't leave Grant Williams open, apparently, either.
0: (laughs) Well, first of all, I know for a fact uh, the Miami Heat, they may give up some open threes, but it's not gonna be like the Milwaukee Bucks did. Whereas they I mean they're those guys were shooting threes and like the Bucks were turning their backs on Grant William. Like, yeah. I dare you to do it again. Yeah. And he was like, All right, I will. Yeah. All right, I will. Yeah. All right, I will. I at Miami in seven. And Wow This is so I feel like you can the same math that you just did for Jimmy Butler's opponents. I feel like you could do very similarly similarly for uh Boston's in that the Brooklyn Nets I think it's it's been established now they, they were a complete mess, right? Defensively just you know all of it, all of it was a mess. I don't know if you've watched Kyrie on Instagram live recently or on I am athlete or, but it, it's 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 clear. So then you got the Bucks, whose best perimeter defender, whose best defender in general is obviously Giannis. I just was just saying how they had Wesley Matthews to kind of do play the P.J. Tucker role. We saw how that
1: worked. Drew Holiday is a great defender.
0: Drew Holiday is a really good defender. But he wasn't drawing Tatum's primary matchup often. So that's, what, that, that, that's where I'm getting at is we've seen Jason Tatum take a star turn in this playoffs, right? And he's been incredible. I do wonder though how he will how he will face up against Jimmy Butler, who we know is a playoff reformer. Who see? Do you see
1: Jimmy Garden Tatum like that? I don't see that. I mean, I think I in see, spots.
0: I see it in but big I think spots.
1: PJ Tucker will be the primary defender. But I see it in, in big.
0: I think in big spots. Like t- like Tatum goes on a four zero run, six zero run. All right, Jimmy, go go shut that down real quick. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, like I'm not saying that Tatum is not going to have. Tatum's going to score 30 probably four of the seven games, right? I'm not saying that he's going to have a bad series. I'm saying he's going to have to work way more than he's had to work at any point through this playoffs. I, I, agree, with more, I agree with that. And they got more – They have more bodies than Miami Miami does to throw at him than, uh, than I feel like any team so far does have in the playoffs. When you look at the subs that they're be coming in with off the bench, they got more bodies to throw at them. I think Jalen Brown has really kind of been up and down this postseason um, in terms of consistent scoring output. And when you're playing a defense like Miami, who is going to truly, like, they're kind of Belichickian in the way of, like, they're going to try to take away what you really want to do, right? Tatum and Tatum is... Tatum's a hooper. Like he wants to he wants to be between his legs. Like he wants you know how he does. He wants to dribble between his legs, look you in the eye real quick. Mama, can I have this dance? Yeah. That's I feel like that, you know, giving the Miami defense time to set up, that's gonna be a tough setup for them. Um and I, uh, but I I think it's gonna be razor thin. I think home court advantage is probably gonna be the difference. And that's not that Miami has some great home court advantage, it's just that we won't be in Boston for game seven.
1: Yeah, i must say their fans don't show up until the second quarter.
0: Well, they the Rams, won't They I mean. won't be in Boston, <laughs> like, so that'll be the benefit in my estimation.
1: Yeah, so I want to ask you this question because you were talking about how earlier about teams that have multiple guys that can get their own offense. And Boston has two of those guys in my mind, Tatum and Brown. Are you not concerned about Miami having a lack of those guys? Because outside of Butler, who else are you trusting? Are you trusting Tyler Hero to be that guy? Or Victor Oladipo <laughs> to be that guy?
0: I am really hoping that Kyle the Kyle Lowry is able to come back and be a big part of this. Well, season. I know
1: he's out for sure for game one. I
0: know. But he's been uh, – they've been off for a few days now, and I feel like this game one is – I'm hoping that game one is more of a precaution than a absolutely must-have because they, they're going to need him to space the floor. But the way Miami wins this game or wins this series is through rebounding and through playing defense, right? Like, if they can – If they can limit Boffs into one shot per possession and get out on a fast break, that's where they're going to dominate. And if Duncan Robinson can get off the bench.
1: Do you foresee that happening?
0: I think he's going to have to run.
1: That's tough, man. That's going to be tough because who's he going to guard? Peyton Pritchard. Silence. <laughs> Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, I don't know I how uh,
0: Derek White.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess. Right? five like, minutes tonight, yeah, <laughs> like, you know, Whoever. The question
0: is, how is he going to stay you know, safe on defense with, with Jason Tatum running at him like a T-Rex? But... <laughs> yeah, I like
1: know you said Miami is seven, but you don't sound too convincing about this matchup. You don't sound too... Conv- I think the audience can hear it in your voice. You're not too sold on on this prediction because I'm actually surprised. I thought you were going to pick Boston. I know how you're on the Tatum train now. So I'm really surprised you're going against them at this point.
0: It just would be wild to see Jason Tatum go through KD, Giannis, and then the team that was in the finals two years ago.
1: This is the lightest one on paper, but it,
0: but it's just the stats, though. Like you know, what I'm saying and and no, yeah. the Nets are the lightest one on paper. Literally, I mean, if literally, come on, talking
1: about You're mentioning like I'm talking oh, about like as far as like okay. the star names you mentioned. Sure, you mentioned KD, Giannis, and then Jimmy Butler. That's what I'm talking about.
0: But yeah, I don't know. this I am going to be sitting on it. I'm I'm going to be sweating this for now. But I do think that you know I think home is going to really come down to home court. I think the Milwaukee series came down to home court. You know, even, like, I like I think, like, so.
1: Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Celtics in six, baby.
0: Now, I know we agree here in the Western Conference Finals. Who do you have? Do you know we agree? I don't know. I hope so. I hope you got this one right.
1: I have Dallas in six. That is the
0: correct answer. Oh, welcome. Okay. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to the – first of all, for me, this is a – As much as it is, I believe in Luka Doncic wholeheartedly with all my heart and soul to get this thing done. This is also a Golden State fade. Yeah, I'm with you on that.
1: Big time.
0: They should (laughs) have lost last round. I'm not going to go that far. If if John Morant's knee doesn't have whatever happens to it, I really believe that... (laughs) Suspend Dylan Brooks all you want. I really believe that they lose that series.
1: Okay. I I disagree with that one. But... Yeah, this is a Golden State fate, plus, like you said, how much I believe in Luka magic, Luka legend, baby bird, whatever you want to call them, all the adjectives in the world. Because look at it like this. This is the best matchup they've had on paper in the playoffs. Like from just a basketball standpoint, because Golden State doesn't have no interior presence. And that's Dallas's weakness. They're small inside. On paper, Aiden should have averaged 25 and 12 against Dallas. <laughs> I mean,
0: Who you tell me? I don't
1: understand how he didn't dominate that matchup. So now you're going against a Golden State team that never posts up. They don't have nobody to post up. Draymond's not going to post up. If Luna po- if Looney posts up, congratulations. You're playing right into our hands. So Dallas can comfortably play small ball in this matchup, and I think they are licking their chops. I think they smell blood in the water. I mean, the Warriors lost the game. They were down by 50 at one point (laughs) against Memphis without their best player. 50? Are you kidding me? Whoop that trick. That's exactly what Dallas is going to do to the Golden State Warriors. They're going to whoop that trick. And then look.
0: You want to talk about down 50 How about in the closeout game They were right in it Nip and tuck Until Man It's got to be nerve wracking Being a fan of Dylan Brooks It's got to be maddening He takes the worst shots ever It's got to be maddening And then every so often He'll go for 30 And it's be like hey, That's what See See He's a but poor man's J.R. Smith Until When he When Stephen Adams Twisted his ankle They couldn't rebound anymore And then when Dylan Brooks dribbled his foot, dribbled the ball off his ankle, they just they lost their spirit. They had, they had fought as far as they could. And then Steph, you want to talk about a front runner. Steph comes out with some of them loud-ass three-pointers at the end of the game to make it look like he did something. That was your boy. That was actually Andrew Wiggins, which to me, sound, me. sound the alarm. That is a cause for concern because <laughs> <laughs> we are depending on Andrew Wiggins to hit that rotational three point shot. If you have notice, they're swinging it to him, and he's open. He's got. To, he has hey, to hey, hit it. From
1: the Wiggins slander, calm down. Bro.
0: I'm just saying that's a lot. You know, I understand he was an all star starter, but uh, I just think that with if I when I look at Brunson, Denwitty, Finney Smith, and Luca, that combination feels better than Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole and you name it, add the other person in.
1: Yeah, and it's wild because if you say that on paper, it doesn't look better on paper. But as far as the way they play, and it goes back to this, the fact that Luka is starting to adjust his game style. He's not just dribbling the ball 20 seconds every possession anymore. So I think that, and they have a confidence about them, right, because Luka controls the pace of a game. It's the closest thing I've seen to, like, LeBron. You know how, like, when LeBron played those Warriors teams with KD? We knew the Warriors were going to win, but you still had a slimmer chance where you were like, LeBron could control the pace and slow the game down, and they could still make it. I mean, look at game one. He scored 51. They should have won that game. So, and after that, they kind of were just deflated, right? It's kind of similar to how I feel about Luka right now. He controls the pace of the game. He slows it down. And they have snipers, man. They do. And this Warriors team is fragile. It's not the same Warriors team from 2015, even before KD, where they can go on a 20 0 run, right? And just rip your hearts out. I feel like every single game Dallas is going to be in, in the fourth quarter. And I trust Luca in those moments, in those last five minutes, man. Because, as you said, I love Steph Curry. But to be fair, he is kind of a front runner. It's kind of the truth. I mean, and. Luka doesn't scare. He's not scared of anything, bro. He's gonna look them in the eye. You know what he's gonna do. He's gonna get Steph on a switch. They're gonna. He's gonna hunt Steph Curry, man. And that's gonna be ugly.
0: It is gonna be big game hunting on the West Coast as the match. <laughs> well, that first game is in Golden State, right? Yeah, the first. Yeah, thing. first game is in Golden yeah, State. First they, two.
1: They're gonna steal one if it's 1-1 one, 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 going back to Dallas. Golden State's in trouble.
0: You heard it from Mark Gunnels first. I tend to agree. It's a dangerous proposition. Before we get into dunked on, let's take a quick break. All right, Mark. Somebody's always getting dunked on figuratively or literally in the world of sports, and today, phew, today the room was busy. <laughs> Yesterday, Chris, uh, Patrick Beverly. I love how uh, I saw somebody tweet this. Said, "Who would get up at four forty-five to wake up and slander an athlete?" I can't think of anybody. Anyway, uh, Patrick <laughs> Beverly gets up and uh, goes on ESPN and says, among other things, Chris Paul plays defense like a traffic cone, and so on and so forth. This is a a rivalry that goes back ages, from back back when they were in high school. It seems. What do you t- What do you make of this?
1: First of all, I thought it was funny. Um, second of all, there was a lot of truth in what what he said. People just don't like the messenger. You know, that's the problem with our society sometimes is we hear the truth, but we don't like it because of the person that it's coming from or how they say it, instead of actually just listening to the words that they say. And Chris Paul is not very well liked in this league. It's been well documented for years. I mean, um, you can go back to even I I heard a story from a source in New Orleans. Maybe you even knew about this. Darren Collins rookie year, he started balling out. Chris Paul was hurt. Chris Paul got him shipped out after his rookie year and got traded. I'm just somebody I know close to the situation told me that. And we heard other stories about guys that play with him, don't like him, like Blake Griffin. So, I mean, I don't think James Harden is too fond of him either.
0: You know what I was thinking as DeAndre Ayton sat on the bench in the fourth quarter uh, of that game and didn't play at all and just, you know, really never got off for the whole series? Yeah. You know that meme of Chris Paul jumping up and down when DeAndre Ayton had the ball in his hands? Oh, yeah, yeah. That one. (laughs) I was thinking of that. I was like, maybe maybe he's sick of playing with Chris Paul. Maybe that might be it.
1: Yeah, it's like everybody has a... It's like a lease, right? You have a lease. You do it for a year. Then you get, you know it's going to be a breaking point. You may renew it after that first year. You know, I'll do two years here. Eh, I may do three. But you know three years is your max. I feel like that's how it is for being Chris Paul's teammate. You have a three-year lease. After that, the message is over. You're tired of it. You're like, bro, you haven't won anything. He's a six-foot guy yelling at you demanding stuff that he can't do, it gets tiring after a while, man. I mean, I'm sure you have guys that you've worked with in the past that you felt like that about. i are not going to name any names. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, so you have a three-year lease with Chris Paul as your teammate and before you get over it.
0: I, I know. Pat, all right, you want to talk about not shooting the messenger. I, I mean, I hear you. But, Pat, I mean, some of this is not true. All right. The idea that... Listen, I didn't
1: say all should I said... There was but something. the
0: idea that... Okay, the idea that that, that Chris Paul should have got benched. All right. Patrick Beverly.
1: No, that's not true.
0: Well, look around. Look look around. Bench for whom? Cameron Payne? Uh, no. <laughs> like, do you want to talk about somebody who's unplayable? Yeah. But, but you know, bench for whom? Like, that's what I'm like, all right, bro. Like, okay, we have, to, we have to, to put this conversation to some semblance of of, of grounding here, okay? Like, this is a bit much. It wasn't like we were at the All-Star break talking about You know what's going to hold Phoenix back in the second round of the playoffs? Chris Paul's defense. Nobody was out there championing this beforehand, you know. So, uh, it's a bit much. But you know what? I'm thinking it has a lot to do with it. Patrick Beverly gets the reputation of being a dirty player. I personally am one that champions such reputation. I believe he is one. I think that he thinks that Chris Paul – should be getting as much contact about him being a dirty player as he does. Absolutely. And he doesn't. And I think that is what it is.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because, yeah, I mean, there's montages on YouTube. Look it up right now. Type in Chris Paul dirty plays. It's probably going to be 10 minutes or worth of it. I mean, and the thing about it is it's crazy because he's the he's the president, right, of the Players Association? He is. <laughs> so you would think a guy with that title would be like an upstanding you know, character guy on the court, right? A guy that's not taking cheap shots, right? Like, you expect that to be like, um, I don't know, like a Steph Curry.
0: I don't know, Mark. This is America. You can't expect it out of your president. <laughs> but I just know this. I better not ever hear you people on the timeline tweeting about how Isaiah Thomas and Chris Paul, all they did at this point, they played the same position. Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas was the best player on on multiple championship teams. Oh, yeah. like, like leave, like leave that alone. Oh yeah, leave so that alone. Still arguing that? And another person that you can leave it alone with, also Kyrie Irving. Okay, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie, Irving. leave that alone. Oh yeah, that's nice. I'm talking. About, I hate when people say real Isaiah. I'm talking about Detroit Isaiah Thomas. I'm talking about the Isaiah Thomas that will be I in mean, the top five point guard yeah, conversation. I, I, think, I, I think they know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> but look, some of these quotes from Kyrie. First, he had you know he had his post game or or or, or you know postseason post mortem essentially where he's talking about you know me Joe and Sean and Kev get together and figure everything out you know at a round table
1: over some wine
0: right you know it's <laughs> like like every other business meeting that you take uh you know as you're getting drinking wine during it sure that makes a lot of sense then uh you know he's on Instagram live calling everybody peasants. Not Instagram lives was Twitch, oh, a Twitch yeah, stream. Yeah, yeah,
1: when he's playing the was Grand, he's, Theft he's playing he's Grand
0: Theft Auto. He was playing Grand Theft Auto and, yeah. and some, uh, and some, and some 2K, calling everybody a peasant. Yeah. And then you got, just the other day, Kyrie Irving says to the, on the I Am Athlete podcast about his time in Cleveland. If I was in the same maturity line and understanding of who I am, and I look back, we definitely, definitely would have won more championships. There would have been a better man-to-man understanding about what I'm going through. I didn't know how to share my emotions. I didn't know how to do that. So instead of sharing, I isolated myself. Well, it's interesting that he's talking about 2017 in that in that quote because you'd never know he wasn't talking about this season with the Brooklyn Nets because you know what he sure did? Isolated himself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, another episode of Kyrie being a very confusing individual, to say the least. Because it's like, like it's one of those situations where it's like, okay, back at that time, people were criticizing you for, how could you leave LeBron? And he was talking about how he was outside the country at the time when that narrative started, mm-hmm. so he had a chance to, quote unquote, defend himself. But, you know, social media is still a thing. Like, you don't have to be in America to... Defend yourself! Like I don't underst—I didn't understand that point. Like, cause you're on Twitch right now, you're on Instagram, you're on Twitter. So I, I didn't get that. You can make a statement. Like that was a cop out to me. So that was confusing on that behalf. Cause he's talking about his agent. I need to make a statement, and he felt like he was being pinioned holder right against the wall. Cause the media was against him. The evil media. You know, they're just against me. It's me against the world. Blah 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 blah. blah. But then we come to this year, the whole vaccination thing, he gets killed for that. But self-inflicting once again and playing the victim card once again. So for me, I think now he's in a space where he wants to kind of rewrite history, but it's already been planted at this point. Like, we already know who you are. We already know the history of you off the court. We know how good you are on the court. But off the court, you are a very confusing person. You know, you in Boston, you were talking about, I'll resign here if you guys will take me. And the crowd goes crazy. Then you leave <laughs> Boston. So, and now, then they brought up, would you ever play with LeBron again? And I only saw this clip. I don't know if he responded, but I just saw him laughing. I don't know if there was more to that, so I'm, like, burst it out laughing. But he didn't deny or uh, confirm. So that was weird to me as well.
0: Well, speaking of playing with LeBron again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> speaking of that, and his teammate, Kevin Durant. So LeBron was asked. He had a Q&A yesterday on Twitter.
0: Oh, uh, Reddit. This is a Twitter AMA. At least he did it on a the day there's no games.
1: Yeah. What, what a guy. What a guy.
0: Cause, the, cause the, when you do it on a the day, there's a game. It's like, come on, bro.
1: Yeah. So he did it on the off day. He didn't take attention away from the NBA playoffs. LeBron had q and A. Q&A. He had over ten thousand questions. I asked a question. It was not answered. So, uh, what I question did Luka. you ask? I asked him, "Could you see Luca being in the goat discussion one day?" I know how much he loves Luca. as his favorite player. He did not answer my question. So I feel very offended. So, me and LeBron are having a personal beef right now, and I hope he knows that.
0: I feel like LeBron wouldn't wouldn't want to get involved in the GOAT debate.
1: Yeah, I thought he would have maybe gave me a little something there. But I digress. So, SB Nation, their official account, asked LeBron, if you had to choose one teammate, past or present, in a two-on-two to play against MJ and Scottie Pippen, who are you choosing? So in typical LeBron fashion, he did not name just one player to be his teammate. (laughs) He chose three guys as options, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. So only one of these guys is a former teammate, and he did not mention his current co-star, Anthony Davis. Or he didn't mention who people may say was his best co-star ever, and Dwayne Wade. So, what is your takeaway from this?
0: I guess my takeaway is the way that he picked these guys is easily explainable, right? Because you can say, "Well, I didn't pick AD because you know MJ and Scotty are both they're both wings. AD's big. I didn't pick D Wade because he's a guard. You know, although I guess Kyrie." Yeah, but with
1: Wade though, you could put Wade on Jordan and LeBron on Pippen, or even vice versa. So with the Wade one, it's kind of
0: kind of a little more iffy. <laughs> the way one is tough. The one the Kobe one, it's like, all right, nobody's no one is going to be like, Kobe, what are you talking about? Yeah. Right? But the KD and Kyrie. Oh, you know what would be fascinating? Actually, LeBron should try to play two on two. LeBron and Kyrie, after all the thing that they talked about. And then <laughs> versus MJ and Scottie Pippen and all the things that they've had to say in the last two, three years. That would be a fascinating two-on-two matchup.
1: Yeah, see, if I'm Wade, I'm, now I'm thinking about it more. If I'm Wade, I'm pissed off because who the hell is Kyrie going to guard? I mean, obviously you'll prefer him on Pippen, but Pippen's like 6'7", 6'8". Just going to post his ass up. If I'm Wade, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm low key pissed.
0: I guess it's just saying that uh, Jordan can, uh is gonna get cooked by Kyrie.
1: I guess, man. Yeah, that's that's tough, Oof. man. Yeah. If I'm Wade, I'm a little offended. I ain't gonna lie. By the Kyrie. Now Kobe and K D, you got that. But the Kyrie, if I'm Wade, nah. I'm nah. not
0: feeling that. You're
1: not offended if you're Wade? Do Do you Kyrie, Kyrie over him in that particular matchup Kyrie against
0: Kyrie is an elite shot maker. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. I don't trust Kyrie. Huh, he might not show up to the game. <laughs> yeah, that.
1: Yeah, that Kyrie one's tough. That, that's, that's that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow.
0: All right, Mark. Here's something that's a little bit easier to swallow. <laughs> Action in the NFL. Let me tell you about the easiest way to get at it. The largest best ball prize pool is here, and it's only at Underdog Fantasy. With $10 million in total prize money and three prizes of $1 million or more, the best place to play fantasy football this summer is Underdog. The winner of Best Ball Mania, seven-figure prize last year. He drafted in June, so there's no time in the present. Join Underdog and take your shots at a million-dollar draft. In Best Ball Mania, you enter the contest on the Underdog website or app, draft a team, and that's it. There's no waivers, no trades. No in-season management. Who's got time for that? Underdog gives you your best score each week of the season and the highest scoring drafts at the end of the season. Plus, Underdog is going to double your first deposit up to $100 when you sign up with the promo code cousinsal. Sal. That's four free entries into Best Ball Mania 3. So what are you waiting for? Head the underdogfantasy.com or the App Store and sign up for Underdog with the promo code Cousin Sal today. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Cousin Sal. And, Mark, let me tell you something. That promo code right there, no space. Cousin Sal, no space. So, Cousin Sal. Cousin Sal. My lemon pepper parlay on the underdog fantasy app is Dalen Brunson plus two and a half points, rebounds, assists in the rivalry section doing that versus Klay Thompson and Luca over 51 and a half points, rebounds and assists. Mark Gunnels, what is yours? So I'm going with the game for today.
1: My lemon pepper parlay on the underdog fantasy app. I'm taking Bam Adebayo plus five and a half Points, rebounds, and assists against Jalen Brown. And I'm pairing that with Jimmy Butler under on points at 23 and a half.
0: All right, Mark. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay. Good luck to all, and to all, enjoy the Conference Finals.